Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Today I'm going to be turning to St. Luke. Chapter number 22, St. Luke 22. Nothing new, it's a familiar story, been preached from many times. Amen, but uh, something struck a note in me back some time ago and uh, began to, the Lord began to work on me and I, I felt like that some way that I needed to encourage and strengthen the church uh, by the help of the Lord this morning, I want to I help and encourage you this morning with what the Lord has gave me. Amen. Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. 31 and 32. Amen. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may, everybody say, sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Y'all remember that. It might not be a bad thing to underline in your Bible. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Heavenly Father, thanking you this morning for the word of God. Lord, thank you, Jesus that you have prayed for us, and God, you will pray for us. Asking you, Lord, to move this morning. Anoint our minds and our spirits and bring them together for such a time as this. Lord, I realize my nothingness this morning, but I'm dependent upon you that I could encourage through the word that you have given me, Lord, to help your people and to strengthen them in the hour that they're going through. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Will ever give you praise, Lord. I thank you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus has prayed for you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There is, I believe, a message in this this morning for us of encouragement. I want you to recognize in these two scriptures this morning, two verses, that before Satan ever had laid his hands upon Peter, that Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Before he had ever touched him, he said, I have prayed for you. And if we are not careful, saints, Satan will take away our good intentions while God is praying for us. Amen. When you're bucking God's plan for your life, Jesus is praying for you. When you're going in the opposite direction and going away from wherever the Lord wants you to be, Jesus is praying for you. I want to be reminded this morning that your first conversion is superficial. Your first conversion is shallow if we compare it to all the other times that we are converted and repented afterwards. Compared to where you really ought to be, amen, and where God wants us to be, our first conversion is superficial. Israel moved into the promised land, but there was still a lot of land yet to possess. Amen. They didn't have it all together at the first. They had crossed Jordan and they just kind of entered in. But I'm going to tell you, there was a lot more fighting. Come on, there was a lot more land, amen, that had to be recovered. I want you to know this morning that church, I don't care how long you've been on this journey, that there is still a lot of land to possess. Hallelujah. We've been in Mount Carmel now, what, seven years uh, We'll be seven real quick here in the first part of the year in the March, end of March. Amen. We'll have been in town seven years, and I want you to know that there is still a lot of land to possess. 
Glory. Come on, church. We haven't got it yet, and we're not there yet. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't feel like that I'm there yet in my walk with the Lord. I'm, I'm not exactly where he wants me to be. I still got some places to go. I still got some land this morning that I need to possess. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us this morning to encourage us that we still need to keep on fighting. We need, oh, it'd be easy to grow weary in well-doing this morning. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you, it's time to keep on fighting because there's still some land to possess. There's still some of my family. There's some of your family that needs to be brought through the doors of this church. And the only way that it's going to happen is for us to not get discouraged and remember that Jesus is praying for us. Glory. I got excited when I began to read in the wee hours of the morning. The Lord had got me out of bed, and I began to think, you know, and when certain individuals that you've got all kinds of faith in that's saying, hey, we're praying for you, and oh, that just makes you feel so good, and I began to think about that, but then I began to think, Sister Craig, about what the Lord said. I'm praying for you. I don't know about you. When everybody else is praying for me, it makes me feel so good, but when I know that Jesus is praying for me in my sickness come on in my troubles it makes me feel great I'm encouraged and strengthened when I know that Jesus is praying for me hallelujah see I think sometimes it's easy for us to go through the word of God and we find him praying here in the garden of Gethsemane before they've cruised come and got him before they've crucified him and took him through all of this we see him praying for himself, but we don't think of him praying for us. Hallelujah. And I don't think even Peter had let it even crossed his mind, but Jesus said, I'm praying for you. I want you to know that I've prayed for you already before this even happens. I've prayed for you that your faith would fail not. Come on. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, you know you can fail and your faith not fail. How many ever failed? But you didn't let that keep you down. You got back up. You know why? Because your faith hadn't failed. <laughs> I had failed in my flesh, but there's something inside of me that said you can get up and you can go again. I don't care if you fail. Your faith has not failed you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, in my failures, my faith has not failed. Glory. Peter did, he failed, but his faith did not fail. Oh, he became one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. The Lord gave him the keys of the kingdom of God. Come on. And I want you to know that church, those have been passed on down to the church now. And you and I have them. But you know why? Because Jesus has prayed for us that our faith would not fail us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our second conversion brings us nearer to God than we've ever been and empties of us of ourselves. The second conversion, let me say that again, brings us nearer to God than we've ever been and it empties us of ourselves. You know, we are our biggest problem. Because in our mindset in this world that we live in today, it's I can't. I can't make it. It's, it it's, it's, I'm not going to be able to bear anymore. Yet he said, I won't put any more on you than you can bear. And he said, I have already prayed for you. So I'm going to tell you, you think you can't make it if Jesus is praying for you? Honey, there's not anything that can come, come against you. There is no problem that can overcome you because Jesus has already prayed for you before the problem has ever come your way. See, because many times I think what we don't realize is, is, is we need to take a look at the Scripture the two verses I read, and if you'll read that whole uh, chapter, it, it gives you a, even a deeper depth into what I'm speaking about this morning. But when you think about it, Jesus is praying for Peter, but, but 
I want, I, want you, I want you to know that before anything had ever happened, the Lord had already prayed for him knowing that it was going to happen. So let me tell you something. Every trial that you have gone through, let me tell you, Satan has already been conversing, come on, with God saying, can I touch him? Like he did Job. Come on, if you'll just take your hands off of him and let me have control, he'll curse you to your face and die. Oh, he's, he, he's going to be destroyed if you'll just let me have him. And the Lord said, there he is, but you can't take his life. In other words, I've already prayed for him that his faith would fail him not. And you know the story. Job ended up with twice as much as he ever had. Because Jesus has already prayed for him. Oh, I like that. Praise the Lord. Now, we see ourselves in the second conversion as we really are. How many times have you come against a problem and you have failed and you've sought God for repentance? Second conversion. Hard to tell how many times we really are converted in our lives. Come on, we repented and we've, We've done our first works over and we've asked the Lord once again to, to, to take this thing from us. It brings about a new spirit of humility. Come on. Our second conversion brings about a spirit of humility and a tenderness about us. and It brings about a new spirit of humility. It brings about a new, a new tenderness and love toward others. Because we look at it and we think, you know, that could have been me. When we look at somebody else, that could have been me because in all reality, we all have those same inclinations. The flesh, amen, we battle the flesh all the time. If we could just keep in the spirit everything, it'd be all right. But I, I get out of the spirit. I, yeah, bishop, yeah, yes, sir. I get out of the spirit, and I walk in everyday life, and the fleshly inclinations are there. And if I don't depend on the spirit, I'm going to fail. But inside of me is a faith that says I can go to Jesus for he's already prayed for me and he's, and he's already heard my prayer before I even ask it. Oh, what a forgiving God. He's, he's prayed for us and we'll be forgiven even before we sin. But we'll fail not. Our faith would fail not. But we'll repent and we'll be converted again and we'll, everything will be all right and we'll be in harmony with God. I began to think about this and it began to work and roll over in my mind as I was meditating upon the Lord. I began to talk, think about that second conversion because I found out and, and as I began to think, I thought, you know, it changes the tone of voice even. In fact, it gives a different look even from the eye. We don't look at things like we used to. I'm going to tell you, every time that we fall and we get back up, we begin to look at others differently. Because, because it was me this time. You know, I looked at them last time and thought, oh, why in the world did they do that? I can't believe they, come on now. Y'all be truthful in your mind this morning. You've seen some situation, you've thought, I don't understand why they done that at all. I wouldn't have done that. Back several years ago, and I'm not going to mention no names or nothing, but I had a minister, a minister friend of mine that was looking at another minister and said, I can't believe that he done that. I can't ever see myself doing that. I thought, ooh, watch it. I got to remember that I'm flesh. <laughs> I'm not God walking around in a spiritual body, but I'm flesh walking around with a spirit inside of my body that's trying to take over the outward thing. Come on. I'm not there yet. I'm only striving to get there. I'm striving for the spirit on the inside to take control of my flesh. I'm not there yet. I believe pastor even mentioned it. We will never be there until he splits the eastern skies. We're not going to live in the spirit all the time. We couldn't stand it. Our flesh couldn't stand it. That's why he has to change our bodies when we get in heaven because we couldn't stand all the spirit of God. Hallelujah. It changes our very, our very voice. We become soft-spoken before where 
we may not have been so soft-spoken. And we become tender in our eyes, and there's a different look in our eyes because now we look at people with compassion instead of judgment. I said instead of judgment. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord, and that don't mean with you. That means the Word of God. Let it judge. Let it do its work. We need to shut up and just let the Lord, let the Lord do His work. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, it, stay, it even changes our style of address and our whole manner in dealing with others because I know now that uh, I'm not perfect. But I know that Jesus was praying for me that my faith fail me not, even though I fell. Come on. Even though that, 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 that seemingly it, it looked like I was going to fall and, and I wasn't going to be able to get back up. How many would have thought Peter could have got back up after denying the Lord? And, and just, just for safety's sake and letting you know this a little bit and bringing you to where Peter was, let me tell you, if you want to look at Judas and Peter, very little difference in what they've done. One betrayed him, the other denied him. And the Lord had prayed for all of his disciples. Come on. But Peter especially, that his faith would fail him not. Yet there was a different thing in Peter. There was a spirit of repentance in him that was not with Judas. Judas wasn't sorry for what he'd done. He kissed him and betrayed him. But after Peter denied him, he went out and he whipped bitterly. Come on, church. Oh, God is looking for a heart that is, that is soft. Come on. One that is contrite, one that is humble, that he knows when he's done wrong and he's ready to repent and can be converted that he might be strong in the Lord and do great exploits. Hallelujah. Jesus is praying for you. Hallelujah. He's praying for you. Hallelujah. Have you ever noticed a flower? Beautiful flowers around the house and we come out one morning and I looked at Sister McGinn and I said look at this I said look at them flowers they're all leaning right toward the sun and you know you can't hardly dig them up and turn them around glory oh hallelujah if we could only learn to lean Toward the master. Come on. If we could just let the sunshine of his love shine and we'd lean toward that. If we could only learn to lean toward his spirit that's on the inside and depend on it. Come on. In all our dealings, if we could learn to just say, just stop a minute and contemplate and say, Holy Ghost, what would you like me to do? How would you like me to deal with this situation? Many times flesh gets in our way and the mouth speaks before the heart ever has time to comprehend what's going on. Anybody ever done that? Your, the mouth overloaded the mind and you spoke before you thought. Anybody done that? And you feel so terrible afterwards. <laughs> And you cry before the Lord, and then you have to go to that one that you opened your big mouth door and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Bless God. I, I didn't really mean for it to come out that way. No, you didn't. You didn't mean for it to come out long. But Satan did. Come on. And you failed that time. But the good part about it is Jesus had already prayed for you that your faith failed you not. Therefore, you was able to get back up and go and ask forgiveness and put it under the blood. Come on, church. Many times the reason we can't have church is because things in our midst is not under the blood. Jesus has already prayed that our faith fail us not, but we can't get self out of the way to go ask somebody to forgive us. Jesus is praying for you, and you need it, and so do I. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you, grace is given to 
us to share with others and not to hold on to. Come on, grace is to be given away. It's not to hold on to. His grace is sufficient, not just for me, but for everybody that's around me. Oh, oh glory. Let's get to verse 32. Amen. But I've prayed for thee. The Lord tells Peter after he's converted to, he said, after you've converted, and when thou art converted, he said, when, after you've been converted, Peter, <laughs> we don't think of ourselves bigger and better than everybody else, do we? Or do we? We're all sinners saved by grace. Come on. Through faith. Grace through faith. <laughs> so he says, Peter, I want you to know that after you're converted, after you've made things right, I want you to go strengthen others if they won't fail. Come on. You know what? Failure many times is, is brought our way so somebody else won't fail. Come on. I've failed in, 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 in the areas that I've failed in. Brother Freddie, if I can at all, I'm going to lead somebody else away from that same failure. But instead, many times if we're not careful, there's somebody sitting back in the corner and said, Ha, 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 I knew it happened to you. Old nasty, ugly spirit. You've not really been converted yet. You still need to repent. Come on, you, you still need to get it under the blood. Because if we have the right spirit about it, church, when that person fails, we're going to be compassionate. We're going to look at them through different eyes after we have failed. Come on. Ha oh, come on. If I can fail, you can fail. If you can fail, I can fail. We're all in this alone, not alone, but we're all in this together. And that's why, and when I've prayed, uh, the Lord has taught me that when I pray, to pray that I am my brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. I am to strengthen my brother. For you that are strong, lift that weak brother up. Come on. Come on. Hold up the feeble hands and knees that hang down. Come on, church. It's up to us to encourage one another in the Lord. Oh, oh, come let us worship together. Let us bow down before the Lord. Let us do it together. This is a together thing. I don't laugh if Brother Aaron falls. In fact, if anything, I'm going to help lift him up. Come on, church. We're to strengthen one another. And the Lord said, Peter, come on, after you have failed, come on. After you have been converted, I want you to lift your brother up. Come on. I want you to give him a hand. Come on. He can't walk by himself. I want you to help him. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, church. We need to help our brother. He can't walk without you. I can't walk without him. We're going to help each other this morning. Hallelujah. But I want you to know one thing. Don't forget, Jesus has already prayed for you. That your faith would fail you not. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, he's prayed for you. I want you to notice that Peter expressed to the Lord that he was ready to go with him to prison and even death. Yet he could not make it past his crucifixion. But let's don't, let's don't be so hard on Brother Peter because the others fled also. You couldn't find them either. And then I want you to also notice, if you read that scripture very carefully, you'll find out that all of them said the same thing that Peter did. All of them did. We're, we're ready to go with you to death. And as soon as they come and get him, after Peter has drawn the sword and cut off the ear and Jesus heals him, Peter wasn't ready to fight them all with the sword. He's just going to take care of one. I'm not afraid. Yet we see him following afar off, and then when it comes down to the real business that you're one of them, oh, no, I don't know him. I'm ready to go with you to death, but I don't know you. Come on. I, I'm not associated with this guy. 
I'm just standing here warming by the fire. I'm here because I don't know him. Uh huh. <laughs> but yet there comes a time that uh, the bitterness just grabs a hold of Peter and he begins to weep bitterly. And he repents of what he's done only because the Lord had already prayed for him. I don't understand. Now, here we go. And th this is people today, you know, well, I, I don't understand. I've been through what they've been through, and I didn't fail. It's only because Jesus had already prayed for you before you went through it. And there's no guarantee that you won't fail. But there is a guarantee that you don't have to stay there. You can be converted. <laughs> Ooh, I can go do my first works, Brother Freddie. I can go and say, Lord, would you forgive me? And he takes it away. In fact, he, he is just waiting. He's already ready to take it away. He's already ready because he's prayed for you already. He's, he's forgave you before you've done it. I had an individual that said some harsh words to me happened one day I happened to be in this place of business and this guy was in there and he started in right as soon as I got in the door I'm sorry I should not have said those words and he began to just pour out his heart and I said I've done forgave you you, you don't need to don't be feeling bad about it now I've done forgave you for that come on who am I not to forgive if Jesus forgives me who am I to not to forgive another Come on, if he's prayed for me, then he's prayed for you because there is no respect to person in him. He thinks just as much as you as he does of me. Oh, bless God, I'm going to get Pastor Bishop pray for me. What's wrong with the elders? He hears their prayer the same as he does Pastor. Can I let you know that any man that stands here and anoints you with oil is standing in God's stead and God is praying for you already that you be delivered? So, I don't know, but it kind of encouraged my faith that Jesus is praying for me. Come on. And that when I'm laying my hands on somebody else that he's already prayed for you before you ever come to this place to be prayed for. Come on. We need to increase our faith. Our faith has not failed us or we wouldn't walk down the aisles to get prayed for. Hey, he's prayed for us. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me say this because I, I don't want us to get so blowed up in ourselves that we think we can't make a mistake but you're capable of doing things you didn't ever think you could do and, I, and I'm going to say this to the bad and to the good you can do things both ways there's a lot of people that's sitting in our midst that's afraid to do something that God's already prayed for you and you could do it if you just put your hand to the plow oh Woo, Jesus hallelujah 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 you find yourself saying, I can't believe I did that. In the positive or the negative. You are near you are near to God than you think you are because he's already prayed but I want to let you know one thing you aren't near as holy as you think you are be a holy for I am holy the Lord's saying that he's done prayed for us so we'd be holy <laughs> but I've not made it I'm striving but I've not made it yet <laughs> 
There is still some land to be possessed in my life. There's still some things in holiness that I need to grab a hold of. And I'm not talking about the outward thing. I'm not talking about your dress and how long your hair and your sleeves and all of that are. Because if you get holy on the inside, honey, everything on the outside will take its place. Come on. Oh, let God deal with the heart. And come on, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let me tell you, from the abundance of the heart, the outside speaks more than the inside. I've seen people with sleeves to here, neck to here, and hair to here, and a tongue to match. See, if you dress holy on the outside and you look so holy, but you're spreading gossip, you're nothing but a hypocrite. I know, that's pretty straight stuff, but I'm going to tell you, we need to be able to take the straight stuff because God's already prayed for you. Come on, in my failure, he's done prayed for me. Thank God he has. Because I might not even made it. I might not even made it up if he hadn't prayed for me that my faith would fail not. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Meekness is always required of those who strengthen and restore others. I said meekness is always required of those who strengthen and restore others. You can't be a restorer without being meek yourself. I can't help you if I set myself so far above you that I'm untouchable. Come on. Let my voice be soft. Come on. Let me be kind. A soft answer turneth away, turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Come on. A lot of times our flesh gets a hold and we stir up anger by the grievous words that come out of our mouth. When if we just sit back just a minute and, and count to ten and pray just a little bit, the Lord would make a soft answer come out of our mouth and we'd be compassionate toward those that have failed instead of judgmental. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you something, church. We need to pour the oil out rather than keeping it in the bottle. I said we need to pour the oil out. I'm talking about the anointing. We need to pour the oil out rather than keeping it in the bottle. Because if you keep it confined, it's not going to spread anywhere. But you ever noticed oil? If you pour it out on concrete, boy, the first thing you know, it looks like... Man, you can pour a tablespoon out and it looks like there is a cup full because it's spread. You spill something on your carpet, it spreads out. Man, I mean, you talk about they have made a mess. And it wasn't just but a little bit that they spilled, but it spread. You know what? We need to spread the anointing out. We need to pour it out of the bottle. We need... A few weeks ago when I was, maybe I, I don't think this was maybe a message, but if it is, I'll preach it later. But, but the Lord spoke to me when I was sitting at my desk, and, and he, he, he spoke to me this thing. He said, we need to quit putting people in their boxes and putting a label on them. Because I'm going to tell you how many times have you and I Come on, have taken that place that we've labeled a person and say, well, you know, we've been here before. Bless God, this is over and over and over, and the Lord has cautioned me over this past, uh, the past several years to say, well, you know, every time they come back, there's another chance. Come on. If they keep coming back, their faith has not failed them. Come on, you run them out the door, they never come back. Yeah, that's a failure. But if they keep coming back in their failures, then their faith has failed them not. But we've labeled them and put a box, put them in a box, and we've put tape on it so they can't get out. Well, I'm done with them. Come on now, come on. Hey, hey, hey amen. Somebody say amen. Come on. Too many times we said, I've done with them. I've done, come on, I've, I've been there for them. I've done this and I've done that. But I'm sick of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. 
you're about to fail. But the Lord has prayed for you that your faith would fail not. And you keep on saying, all right. Bless God. Yes, sir. I still love you. You're going to make a good Christian yet. No, you're going to make it yet. Not you're going to make a good Christian. You're going to make it yet. Because their faith has not failed them. If they keep coming back, then I say glory be to God. See, I have watched people that sit on the church pew. I have watched people sit on the church pew. Sister McGee, we have watched individuals that sat there their whole life and never ever took a move toward God. But I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't that they didn't have faith. They just didn't succumb to the faith. Come on. <laughs> Glory. And they died that way without ever just grasping a hole and taking that faith that they had and doing something with it. I pray to God that we as individuals don't allow somebody to sit there and die that's got the faith that keeps coming back to church. I pray that our faith fails us not. That there is still hope as long as they're coming through the doors. That there is a chance that they can be saved. Sister Nadine, never did give up on you. Still prayed for you. I'm telling you, that lady was a dandy when my wife and I first started going together. She was a corker deluxe. She still is. Just in a different measure, in a different way. But you know what? In all of that, our faith has failed us not. And the Lord had already prayed for you that your faith, you knew what it was. You knew what it was to live for God. And one of those days when she walked through those doors of the church, something got a hold of her and she made her way to altar. And she used the faith that had been there all the time because it had not failed her. Jesus had already prayed for her. And somebody sitting in the sound of our voice this morning that's probably tried this and tried it and then I'm going to decide let me just let me just be real with you there's some of you that sit in here and think I'm just a failure I have failed so many times no you're not because you're here this morning you've got faith you your faith has not failed you you would not be sitting in the house of God this morning if your faith had failed you I want you to know that Jesus has prayed for you that your faith would fail you not glory glory somebody needs to say I still got hope oh my faith has failed me not. Glory. Oh. Oh, oil spreads when it's poured out. Bread is made to be broken so all may partake. <laughs> Just notice anytime, anytime them disciples got together, they was breaking bread. Come on, in Acts, they went from house to house breaking bread. They wouldn't hold on to the loaf. They said, we're going to break it so everybody can have a part. Come on. I want you to know that I don't want this whole loaf of bread myself. I want to break it so you can have some. Come on. I don't want to hold on to what the Lord's given me this morning. I should have just brought some bread. I'd, been, I'd, I'd had this church a mess, but we'd have spread some bread so everybody got have some. Glory. Bread is made to be broken so everybody can have a piece. Oh, Jesus. Remember, it's a piece of the one. When you come in and you get a little bit of the Lord, then you've got the whole thing. You've got the taste of the whole thing. When I give you a taste of bread, even though there is a whole loaf there, you have already got the taste. Because you can taste piece after piece and it all tastes the same because you have a, a little bit of the piece. I want to tell you, you have all got something of God this morning. I'm sorry, there's not one that's got so much and the other and got so little. He's spreading the crumbs through this sanctuary this morning and you can get what you need. Come on, it's there for you. If you've tasted of the crumb, then you've got the loaf. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Luke 22, verse number 40. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, talked to his disciples, pray that ye, that's all of them, enter not into temptation. Now, drop down to verse 45. Let's, let's put these, both these verses there. And when he, when he arose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Sleeping for sorrow. For sorrow of what? For sorrow of what they have already heard sitting at the table. For sorrow that their master was going to be gone. And, and where is that going to leave us? And what are we going to do? Because there's something about us that if we've got a leader, we can seemingly go on. But if we lose a leader, I wonder where we'd be. So Jesus had already prayed for them that their faith would fail not. Otherwise, they would all fail. But it was only Judas because he had a betraying spirit. And he, didn't, he wasn't ready to give it up. He liked money. It was the love of money that became his downfall. Oh, Jesus. He found them sleeping for sorrow. See, Matthew and Mark tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John a little farther than he did the rest. A little, little closer to him while he was praying. Asking them to pray. You know, possibly for company or for comfort. You know, during his great sorrow. Have you ever fell asleep praying? But I guarantee you, you all read this scripture before and so said, I don't understand that. The Lord told them to watch and pray. How could that, how could them jerks ever do that? Sleep. While the Lord's going through all this sorrow. Well, you do it all the time. Come on. How much sorrow have you put him through? And he said, would you watch and pray with me? And he's already prayed for you, and you're sleeping. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well, it's getting quiet. That's all right. I've been here before. Glory. While he was in prayer, he asked them to pray. You know, maybe he was needing their company. Maybe he was needing their comfort during this great time of sorrow. They fell asleep. That's really earnest prayer, isn't it? I'll pray with my eyes shut. I'll look at the back of my eyelids. But what a better way to fall asleep than to pray and fall asleep. But the happenings, the sorrows of the evening have given away now to sleep. How many times have the happening of the day finally given way to sleep? Have you ever laid down and you couldn't sleep because of the happenings of the day and where you'd been and what you had put up with and and all the trials and all the tribulations that you had gone through that day. And sleep would not come to your eyes. But I want to tell you that before you ever laid down, Jesus had already prayed for you. So if it be no sleep, then the Lord has prayed for you. If you get sleep, then the Lord has prayed for you. Let me tell you, whatever situation you're in, I found out that he, when he wakes me up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, that I'm still able to get up the next day and I'm surviving anyway because the Lord has already prayed for me. He knew what was going to happen and he was praying that my faith would not fail me. Many times my flesh wants to say, I don't want to get up. I'm staying right here, buddy. I'm tired and I roll over and I roll over and I roll over and finally say, okay, Lord, I'm getting up. I can't sleep anyway. Hey, why, why, I've, I've often said, why lay there? You know, people, I've heard people say, well, I couldn't sleep last night. And I've asked them, people, you know, what did you get up and pray? Well, no. Well, I've decided if I can't sleep, I'm not supposed to be praying. If you can't sleep, there's something wrong. Come on, somebody say amen. 
If you catch yeah, I know it's I need something PM, you know, I need a sleeping pill. I need yeah, you do. You need to talk to the Lord. That's the greatest sleeping pill. Come on. If they can fall asleep praying, why can't you fall asleep praying? If you can't sleep in bed, go to your chair and pray and fall asleep. It's better than your faith failing you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Was not this the shipmaster's call to Jonah? In Jonah 1 and 6. He said, so the shipmaster came to him and said to him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon God, and so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. He's, in other words, he's saying, here, you're the one that got us in this shape. Why aren't you praying? You're the one that knows God. You're the, come on, this God of, this creator of yours, why aren't you talking to him in our stead? Why aren't you praying for us? Poor, I don't, I'm on, I, oh, I don't want to get on this, but I, I might as well. You know what makes me sick? Set, set in an apostolic church and there's some lonely, lonely soul at the altar praying and nobody gets out of their stinking seat to go pray with them. If that happens here, I'm going to be disappointed in you. And it probably has. God, help me. Help me. Come on. Has my faith failed me? Hey, that soul can still be saved. I don't care how many times it's been at that altar and it's not happened. This could be the time. Pray that your faith fail you not. He's praying for you. Glory. Hallelujah. Here's the sad story. Peter, James, and John was no comfort to our Lord. So he has to, so he has to dispatch an angel. And the angel comes and strengthens him in verse 43. The divine nature withdrew from him. Because he could have never died if the, the nature hadn't withdrew from him. The, the divine nature withdrew from him. And for, a pre, for the little present time, the way of nature took over in our Lord. And he, he began to pray, if it, if it be thy will, Lord, let this cup pass from me. And this comforters, it was back just a few feet, Peter, James, and John. They was asleep, and the rest of them was all snoring. So an angel comes and strengthens him. Let me tell you, after Jesus has prayed for you, if nobody else comes, he'll send an angel to you. It may be a form of another person, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, somebody God has got in line after he has prayed for you and nobody will come to strengthen you, let me tell you, there's going to come strength where it comes from somebody in this church or somebody on the outside of the doors. God will send somebody to strengthen you. Oh, Jesus. So Jesus received his strength from the angel rather from his disciples. It's Jesus, and I, I want us to look very closely. If Jesus needed help from his human side, then I'm going to tell you, what do you think about us? If Jesus needed strength from his human side, then I need strength. I cannot make it without him. Come on. I cannot make it without his strength. I cannot depend on my own strength. It will fail me. But he has prayed for us. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I need him. Somebody say, I need Jesus. Let me remind us who have been praying for deliverance. He was not delivered from his suffering. He was only strengthened for it. I'm going to tell you, there's times in our walk with God that we're not going to be delivered from our trial. Or our trial is not going to be taken out of the way. But he's going to give us the strength to make it through the trial because he has already prayed for us that our faith would fail us not. Jesus, glory, 
I don't care how many times you fail. Your faith has failed you not, or you wouldn't be here this morning. The angel may have wiped away his sweat, I don't know, and his tears. Or, I don't know, he may even bore him up in his arms and spoke encouraging words to him. We know that he was strengthened by the angel in some way. Hallelujah. I'm ready to close. Let me, let me end with this seed thought. The difficulties in our lives are just as necessary and beneficial for the soul as the winnowing is for the wheat. Let me, let, let me say it again. I said the difficulties in our lives are just as necessary and beneficial for our soul as the winnowing is for the wheat. Because the wind strips away that what is, that, that is bad and leaves the good. I said the wind takes away the bad and leaves the good. The winnowing is important in our lives. Oh, Jesus. And this morning I want to leave you with this question in closing. There is always a question that always accompanies the winnowing floor. And it's this, are you wheat or chaff? Don't you think that's what was being proved by Peter that you're wheat? The Lord has already prayed that your faith would fail you not. He's already prayed that you're real seed, that you're not just chaff. But the real question that the enemy is trying to prove against you is your chaff and you're just going to be blown away. When he sends the trial, let me tell you what he's doing. He's trying to prove that you're chaff and you're not really wheat. When he come to Job, he was trying to prove that Job was nothing more than chaff to be blown away by the wind. But when Job stood the test, when, and in fact, it embarrassed Satan so much that he comes back and he says, Lord, give me some more of him. And, 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 and he comes back like that and he, and he searches after more of you. And finally he told, he told him, he said, you can do anything to Job, but you can't take his life. That's the only thing I've withheld from you is his life. You can't take it. And Job stood the test. And the Lord counted him as a righteous man. Now I'm asking you this morning. While you're sitting here and Jesus has already prayed for you. I'm asking you this question. Are you wheat or are you chaff? Praise the Lord. Let us stand. Salter's open. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.